For the Supreme Court decision syllabus, this is Jake Leahy and Amgen versus Sanofi. Search Ferrari to the United States Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit. Decided on May 18th, 2023. This case concerns patents covering antibodies engineered by scientists that help reduce levels of low-density lipoprotein, LDL cholesterol, sometimes called bad cholesterol because it can lead to cardiovascular disease, heart attacks, and strokes. To treat patients with high LDL cholesterol, scientists explored how antibodies might be used to inhibit PCSK9 a naturally occurring protein that binds to and degrades LDL receptors responsible for extracting LDL cholesterol from the bloodstream. Two pharmaceutical companies, Amgen and Sanofi, each developed a PCSK9 inhibiting drug. In 2011, Amgen obtained a patent for the antibody employed in its drug and Sanofi received one covering the antibody used in its drug. Each patent describes the relevant antibody by its unique amino acid sequence. The dispute in this case concerns two additional patents Amgen obtained in 2014 that relate back to the company's 2011 patent. These later issued patents purport to claim for Amgen the entire genus of antibodies that one bind to specific amino acid residues on PCSK9, and two, block PCSK9 from binding to LDL receptors. As part of its submission to the patent office, Amgen identified the amino acid sequences of 26 antibodies that perform these two functions. Amgen then described two methods, one Amgen called the roadmap, and a second it called conservative substitution that scientists could use to make other antibodies that perform the binding and blocking functions described in the claims. After Amgen obtained the 2014 patents, it sued Sanofi for infringement. Sanofi replied that it was not liable to Amgen for infringement because Amgen's relevant claims were invalid under the Patents Act enablement requirement. That provision requires a patent applicant to describe the invention, quote, in such full, clear, concise, and exact terms as to enable any person skilled in the art to make and use the invention, end quote. Sanofi characterized the methods Amgen outlined for generating additional antibodies as amounting to little more than a trial and error process of discovery, and thus contended that Amgen's patents failed to meet the enablement requirement because they sought to claim for Amgen's exclusive use potentially millions more antibodies than the company had taught persons skilled in the art to make. Both the district court and the federal circuit sided with Sanofi. Held. The courts below correctly concluded that Amgen failed to enable any person skilled in the art to make and use the invention, as defined by the relevant claims. A. The patent bargain describes the exchange that takes place when an inventor receives a limited term of protection from competitive exploitation in exchange for bringing new designs and technologies into the public domain through disclosure for the benefit of all. 
Bonito Boats versus Thundercraft Boats. From the Patents Act, Patents Act's beginnings, Congress has sought to ensure the benefit of this bargain for the public by requiring the patent applicant to, de- to deposit a specification so particular as not only to distinguish the invention or discovery from other things before known and used, but also to enable a workman or other person skilled in the art or manufacture to make, construct, or use the same. Over time, Congress has left this enablement obligation largely intact. This court has addressed the enablement requirement many times, and in its decisions in O'Reilly v. Morse, the the incandescent lamp patent, and Holland Furniture Company versus the Perkins Glue Company, reinforced this simple statutory command. If a patent claims an entire class of processes, machines, manufacturers, or compositions of matter, the patent specification must enable a person skilled in the art to make and use the entire class. In Morse, for example, the court held that one of the claims in Morse's patent for a telegraph system was too broad and not, war- and not warranted by law. The problem was that the claim covered all means of achieving telegraphic communication, yet Morse's specification did not describe how to make or use them all. In Incandescent Lamp, inventors of an electric lamp with an incandescent conductor made of carbonized paper claimed that a lamp created by Thomas Edison infringed their patent because it used bamboo as a conductor. The court sided with Edison because the rival inventors, rather than confining their claim to carbonized paper, made a broad claim for every fibrous and textile material. That broad claim might have been permissible, the court allowed, if the inventors had disclosed a quality common to fibrous and textile substances that made them peculiarly adapted to incandescent lighting, but they did not. Finally, in Holland Furniture, a company that had developed a starch glue that was similar enough to animal glue to be used for wood veneering, included a claim in its patent covering all starch glue, which, when combined with about three parts or less of water, will have substantially the same properties as animal glue. The specification described the key input, the starch ingredient, in terms of its use or function, rather than its physical characteristics or chemical properties. The problem, as the court put it, was that one attempting to use or avoid the use of the discovery, as so claimed and described, functionally could do so only after elaborate experimentation with different starches. All this is not to say a specification always must describe with particularity how to make and use every single embodiment within a claimed class. It may suffice to give an example if the specification also discloses some general quality running through the class that gives it a peculiar fitness for the particular purpose, incandescent lamp. Nor is a specification necessarily inadequate just because it leaves the skilled artist to engage in some measure of adaptation or testing. See Wood versus Underhill. A specification may call for a reasonable amount of experimentation, 
to making music claimed invention and reasonableness in any case will depend on the nature of the invention and the underlying art. Mineral separation versus hide. B. Turning to the patent claims at issue in this case, Amgen's claims sweep much broader than the 26 exemplary antibodies it identifies by their amino acid sequences. Amgen has failed to enable all that it has claimed, even allowing for a reasonable de degree of experimentation. Amgen's claims bear more than a passing resemblance to the broadest claims in Morse, Incandescent Lamp, and Holland Furniture. While Amgen seeks to monopolize an entire class of things defined by their function, every antibody that both binds to particular areas of the sweet spot of PCSK9 and blocks PCSK9 from binding to LDL receptors, the record reflects that this class of antibodies does not include just the 26 that Amgen has described by their amino acid sequences, but a vast number of additional antibodies that it has not. Amgen insists that its claims are nevertheless enabled because scientists can make and use every functional antibody if they believe, if they simply follow the roadmap or conservative substitution. These two approaches, however, amount to little more than two research assignments. The roadmap merely describes step-by-step -step Amgen's own trial and error method for finding functional antibodies. Not much different. Conservative substitution requires scientists to make substitutions to the amino acid sequences of antibodies known to work and then test the resulting antibodies to see if they do too. Amgen's alternative arguments lack merit. Amgen first suggests that the Federal Circuit erred in, by conflating the question whether an invention is enabled with the question how long may it take a person skilled in the art to make every embodiment within a broad claim. But the Federal Circuit made clear that it was not treating as dispositive the cumulative time and effort required to make the entire class of antibodies. Emgen next argues that the Patent Act supplies a single universal enablement standard. While the Federal Circuit applied a higher standard to Abgen's claims that encompass an entire genus of embodiments defined by their function, the Court agrees in principle that there is one statutory enablement standard, but the Federal Circuit's treatment in this case is entirely consistent with Congress's directive and this Court's precedence. Finally, while Amgen warns that a ruling against it risks destroying the incentives that lead to breakthrough inventions, since 1970, Congress has included an enablement mandate as one feature among many designed to achieve the balance it wishes to strike between incentivizing inventors and ensuring the public receives the full benefit of their innovations. In this case, the Court's duty is to enforce the statutory enablement requirement according to its terms. Affirmed. Justice Gorsuch delivered the opinion for a unanimous court. Thanks for listening. Be sure to describe. Uh, there's sure to be a lot more cases coming around um, next couple of weeks and months here. Uh, so be sure to subscribe and uh, sign up for notifications. This is Jake Leahy, the Supreme Court Decision Syllabus, and have a great day.